the glory days are here to stay, the 80s horror show. Take a stroll down memory's lane, it's time to start the show. The gory days, the gory days, the gory days, the gory days. The gory days. Welcome to the gory days, the show where we take a stroll down memory slain to remember our favorite horror movies from the 1980s and early 1990s. My name is Kyle, and I'm here to say I'm the host of this podcast, The Gory Days. Uh, this is the first time I came up with that. I wrote it all by myself, and I'm thinking about getting it patented. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, that giggle is my guest, and I'll introduce her in a second. But until then, I am Kyle Leone, your host uh, with the most, and this is the gory days. I'll talk up to my guest for a little bit before diving into the movie of the week that you probably already saw at the top of... Oh, excuse me. I always start so hot at these. I gotta, like, <sighs> calm down a little bit. Hey, you're listening to the Gory Days out there, and after we talk to our guest today, we're going to dive headfirst into Heather's, the 1998, 1988 classic. Boy, I'm off to a great start. My guest today I've met is a uh, writer and actor based here in Los Angeles with a history of set decorating. We'll get into all of that. Please welcome her first time to the Gory Days, but maybe not her first time to podcasting, Sierra Ducharme Hansen. Welcome to the Gory Days. Thank you. Did I pronounce that right? Is you it... did. I was oh. quite surprised. Okay, because <laughs> I feel like the first time I saw it in email form, I, I said it like Sierra Ducharme Hansen. Oh, I once got called down um, in high school to the main office as Sarah Ducarme Hagen. Oh. Oh, they Kagan. Uh huh. So anything that sounds vaguely like my name, I'll respond to. But okay, you got cool. it right. <laughs> I love your style. You look like you're trying to avoid talking into that gold thing right there. Go ahead and talk right into that. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Um, so why the hyphen? Um, my Opinionated parents, mom? Um, divorced parents. Oh, okay. But um, Sorry, it's okay. all good. No drama there at all. Are and they based here in LA too? No, my dad's in southern Utah and my mom's in Wisconsin. Are you from one of those two places? Um, I grew up in both. I spent my winters and my school years in Wisconsin and my summers in Utah, which was not weather-wise was the best decision. <laughs> which was colder, which was hotter. Yeah. Oh, I was there exactly at the worst times for both of them, but the schools in Wisconsin were better. So. What part of Utah? I've been to Salt Lake City. Oh, um, I um, I spent my summers in St. George, and then I went to college in Salt Lake. Okay, awesome. And yeah. then in uh, Wisconsin. Um, remind me, I don't know my geography that well. What part of the country? Is that Midwest? Um, it's Midwest, yeah. It's okay. right by Canada. Okay. Oh, um, right up north. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So did you visit Canada a lot? I like, have never been to Canada. And all this time? Not even uh, VC? N- nothing. Or BC? None of the seas. I, I, <laughs> I had a guest on here who referred to British Columbia as BC and uh, Vancouver as VC, and it got really confusing because I couldn't tell if she was saying V or B every time. Yeah. But enough about my uh, last guest. I want to hear more about you. So uh, when did you move out here to LA? I moved out here in October. Okay, of 2018? Yeah. Wow, I was going to say 19, but that hasn't oh, come yeah. yet. No. Really recent. <laughs> Unless it depends on when this uh, episode comes out. Not that late. Uh, so you moved here to LA. Uh, did you like have a house or a friend or a family? Um, you would think. I moved out here with my fiance, so that made things a little less scary. Congratulations. Um, thank you. But Did they um, have a job? No. Um, I moved out here for the UCLA professional program in half-hour comedy TV writing. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, but I actually graduated last night. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for making the time. Of I hope you're course. not too hungover. Oh. <laughs> uh, this real celebration is tonight, so you got me at a good time. That's Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. So what does that entail? Like um, uh, curriculum, like 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 college? or? Um, it was It's somewhere between the UCLA extension programs and their MFA. 
So we met twice a week for the last, um, since October. And we met once a week and had a lecture with the TV writer. And then we had a workshop once a week. So we wrote three scripts, each took 10 weeks. We wrote a spec and two pilots. That's amazing. So when yeah. you say we, do you mean like you as uh, had a writing team or yeah. you individually? Well, we each wrote uh, three scripts, okay. but we worked on them as a workshop. You proud of them? I am. Yeah. yeah. I wrote a good place spec, which is fun. Something um, that like you could pitch or? Um, more for the fellowships. There's a okay. bunch of like writing fellowships and then two pilots that I could pitch. One about um, a girl who leaves the Mormon church and gets a job at a bar Okay. Um, in Salt Lake. As a comedy? Yes, they're both um, half-hour comedies. Okay. And then one about a con artist in a Kardashian-Trump-esque house. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'll write what you know, so. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> that sounds like the world you come from. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so comedy is mostly your genre then, where you feel most comfortable? Absolutely. I love broad comedies, like Cheers is my favorite comedy. Okay. Um, so, uh, this isn't the first time we've met, first time here on the mic. We met on a music video, uh, for a fine gentleman named Ade P. Maybe we'll, uh, have the fine luck of having that, uh, available to link on this episode. Uh, that would be kind of cool. But, um, other than that, uh, is there, what are you, uh, what are you working on these days? Is there something that people can, like, uh, look for you, uh, out there in the spectrum? Well, currently I am an assistant to a writer. Oh, so nice. I'm helping him develop some pitches to hopefully go um so right nothing now you can talk about of course nothing i can talk about and um nothing i personally do except take a lot of notes and pitch ideas sure. i'm kind of in the assistant phase i'm really gra good at grabbing lacroix from the fridge and that's a really them. important skill yeah i walk dogs i'm very multi-purpose <laughs> i know you're being coy about it but honestly it is an amazing opportunity that you oh. have like a lot of people are clawing to get to uh the the chance to grab lacroix for people oh or set up chairs in a conference room oh yeah and i totally lucked into it i work a million tiny jobs and I went on care.com and found a tutoring gig. What care.com? Mm -hmm. Okay, is that like a, a gig economy yeah. website? Yeah. Um, mostly for like babysitting. Oh, okay. But I, so like WAG, but for humans. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I went on and just like, oh, I'll see what's happening here. And I applied for a couple jobs, one of which was a tutor for a kid. They're like, he doesn't need help curriculum wise, just like Study skills. Okay. And my mom teaches study skills at a college level. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I grew up with that. So, I applied and I got it and I went over and... Was the, it a, like in the Hollywood Hills? Like a celebrity's kid? It's in Larchmont. Okay. So, um... And I went in and I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to get murdered. I went to this stranger's house oh my with gosh. no idea. I feel like I reacted wrong. What is, where is Largemont? I don't know Largemont where is. Largemont is um, mid-center LA. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. but it's where a lot of TV writers live. And I walked really? in and oh, I was okay. like, ooh, big houses. It's not where the showrunners live. It's where the writers Right, right. Live. The writers. <laughs> the staff writers. Yeah. Um, but I walked in and everything was great. The kid's great. I still tutor him. And the dad just kind of was like, How, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm studying TV writing. And he's like, oh, cool. I'm a TV writer. And I was like, oh. And then he gave me his full name and I looked him up. And his name is Bobby Bowman. He wrote for My Name is Earl and Raising Hope. He's had like decades of TV writing experience. He's so how like, does, yeah. so I'm curious, like the, the minutia, how does that conversation work? So you, you look him up, you have all the context of what he does, and he knows that you have an, a burge, not even a burgeoning interest, a real like passion for, for what he does and what you want to do. How do you say, like, you don't say, can I have a job? Oh, like, no. is it a coffee or four? Or is it like <laughs> just this non sequitur conversation? It into, was, oh, you should meet. 
it was weeks um, of because he was there while I was tutoring his son. He was just kind of around. In his and, study, making a sandwich? Yeah, he was in the kitchen. I'm in the dining room helping his son, and he must have liked what I was doing enough to be like, um, hey, can you look this over? Can you just proofread some stuff for me? Oh, so he came to you mm -hmm. with some, like, probation stuff. Yeah, and I didn't realize that's what it was, but he's like, I have this, like, query letter. Can you proof it? And then he'd be like... I, um, would you just give notes on this? And then I gave notes on an outline and he really liked the notes. And then he brought me on once a week and now I'm there six days a week. That's amazing. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a really cool opportunity. Um, so, uh, when you moved out here, did your, and you moved out here with your fiance, did he have, did, they didn't have anything. So what did your parents, were they supportive of you oh, moving out here? My parents have been supportive from day one. Okay. And, um, I had a lot of stuff saved up. Like I knew this is, this has been the goal since I was in middle school okay. like I think everyone knew it was gonna happen were you writing in middle school yeah I was writing in elementary school my elementary school what yeah. were you writing I wrote plays okay. in elementary school did you perform them with friends I or sure that's did. incredible you were a playwright as yeah, an elementary school what, it, what kind of stuff were you writing um fairy tale oh, okay. stuff in elementary school and yeah, then I yeah. moved on to playwriting and then when I moved out here I always knew t tv was the goal but I was surrounded by theater and so they had programs like that in Wisconsin and Utah that you were taking part in, or was yeah. this all by yourself? I did it mostly by myself in high school. Nice. Um, I had one great English teacher who did an independent study with me and kind of taught himself and me how to write scripts okay. together. Yeah, so he had his own curiosity yeah. that could live vicariously. Yes, <laughs> and then I um, moved to Salt Lake and went to college there and was mentored by a lovely man named Michael Vo, mm -hmm. who is a playwright, and he helped me kind of grow that and he kind of independent study tried to help me learn how to do tv writing which he also didn't know how to do oh okay there and you then go. i moved out here and actually learned from tv writers how to write tv that's amazing what an eclectic experience so uh wisconsin and utah i i am a, a southern californian born and raised so i have this really like tiny bubble of what america is there's new york there's la maybe nashville if you count it orlando i mean uh, atlanta suddenly um but Wisconsin and Utah, that's like, you know, horses yeah, and Yeah, they're the farms, two most random right? states, yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, Salt Lake City is the is the hub, but everything else is like uh, mountains, like skiing and, uh, right? Yeah. Educate I, me. <laughs> I went, I, my school in Salt Lake was called Westminster College, okay. and it is where the majority of the U.S. ski team goes to college. Okay. So I grew, um, I went to college surrounded by Olympians. Is that randomly, or is that just because it's so famous it's skiers like from everywhere? It's 20 minutes away from eight different ski resorts. So okay. The U.S. Location. team will um, pay for you to go to college. You go one semester out of the year, and then you're training the other one. Wow. So you get free school, but it takes eight years to graduate. It's a pretty good deal still. Absolutely. If you love skiing. Oh, yeah. But I Are never got on skis. Oh, okay. Never been on skis in my <laughs> life. Um, my so dad. never went to Canada, never went on skis. I know. I just stuck myself in a little theater. Well, you were so focused. Exactly. You knew exactly what you wanted to do. Oh, yeah. Both my parents wanted to be writers um, when they were younger, and then they were told by their high school English teachers to not do it. Because that's the responsible thing to tell a child is to <laughs> don't do. Don't write. Don't do so. Don't follow your dream. <laughs> Why would you do that? And so the second I gave any kind of interest in writing, they were like, yes, do it. Here's notebooks. What do and they do? My mom's a professor and that's a right. counselor. So it has that whole psychology side of it. Yeah. And, then, and she's close to children and their wild imaginations and dreams. And, yes. Yeah. Um, and then my dad has had the most interesting career in the world. He started out as a pilot. Okay. And, Commercial? Yeah. Wow, okay. And then when I was born, he quit that to be around and became a mail carrier. Okay. 
And then he went to become a paramedic and did that for a really long time. And then he became a flight medic in the Grand Canyon. Those would all give you really good insight for various screenplays, I would imagine. Yes, <laughs> and it's not even done. And then he was like, there's too much death in my life, which I understand because oh, being gosh. a flight medic. And so he went to cosmetology school because he's like, I just need something that's not death. And then he got three weeks in and was like, I overcorrected. <laughs> my bad. I didn't mean it. <laughs> wow. What a risk, though. Yeah. And um, throughout all of that, he's been a hiking guide on the side and stuff. So now he's doing that full time teaching, juggling, slacklining, climbing, hiking. and A real renaissance, man. <laughs> yes. And so I grew up my summers like harnessed to rocks in the middle of the desert and my school year freezing my butt off. <laughs> Does he still fly? No, he doesn't. Okay. Because, like, it's so interesting that he would have this many paths. He would never circle back to one again. And never go, circled. Maybe I should try that again. Except hiking. Um, but he <laughs> talked to the president of Southwest Airlines, actually, and he was like, yeah, you probably would have been a high-level executive by now. Wow. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you, why not in New York? I suppose you had the decision. Uh, I can't sing. Oh, okay. So that made the decision pretty easy Because you me. mentioned playwriting, because Broadway is, uh, uh. the, the uh, theater scene is definitely bigger in New York. Oh, for sure. And my acting training, because I studied um, classical acting in college. Ah, that's right. You mentioned treading the boards. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And so I did a lot of Shakespeare and Chekhov, and I had to take a few musical theater classes, and it became apparent that they're like, everyone can learn to sing. And then by the end, they're like, maybe not you. (laughs) And I was like, that's okay. That's just, I really want it, but it's fine. What was that movie with Meryl Streep where she played an an amazing singer that was actually terrible, but everyone supported her? And oh, that became a story. Called. Oh, if I could be Meryl Streep, though, that's just, the dream. Like, I remember that reframing my brain of like, oh, like, good is really subjective. Especially oh, with like yeah. this YouTube generation where anyone can be anything overnight. It's all YouTube subjective. YouTube is crazy. Yeah. You ever get on there? You I've, been try trying to, I've been trying to learn all these, because it's a great place for writers to mm-hmm. get a start, to do sketches. Yeah. And it's overwhelming. <laughs> you do sketch comedy these days? Is that what I you're... don't. Um, I'm trying Longer. to learn because it's much cheaper to produce. Yeah, so they a take... pilot. <laughs> yeah, they take risks on newer writers on shorter form things. That's but... cool. Are you uh, uh, like something that you would plan to submit to festivals somewhere um, down the line? Maybe. I have a few of my friends from my cohort at this UCLA program that we might try to make a web series together, but we'll see how it works. Okay, it's in very beginning stages. So you mentioned you came out here in October of 2018 and you've worked uh, all kinds of different jobs before landing this awesome assistant writer yeah. kid. What were some of those like odd jobs? Well, I moved out here with technically a job at um, Loft which is a retail store. It's like oh, oh, yeah. Ann Taylor's Trendy Little Sister is kind of how <laughs> they brand it. Um, my I worked retail in Salt Lake while I went to college, and those people were amazing. And then I moved here, and Retail's they were a great experience. crazy. I worked in the Glendale Galleria, oh. and they were... It was just a bizarre group of people, and I was like, I gotta get out. <laughs> were they very L.A.? Oh, very L.A. They couldn't get a manager to stay for more than a few weeks. Like, there was no structure... And I've been to just, that Glendale Galleria. It's nice, oh. but I could imagine how its busiest times would be just unmanageable. My last day was Black Friday. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, uh, nice paycheck before you walk yeah, out. Yeah, and <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. But yeah, and then I 
have been dog walking for about two years with Rover. Okay. And that's been my best paying job two out years. of any job I've ever done. Must be pretty sustainable. It really is. I dog sat my way through college. Wow. I never stayed in my dorm. I just lived in houses with nice dogs and kept them alive and... I thought, so yeah, dog sitting is not necessarily dog walking. You walk no. them maybe twice, and otherwise you're just hanging out and playing with them. Yeah. That's amazing. That was the best. And now I have my own dog, so I don't dog sit anymore. Okay. But I have a few dogs. You get dog, dog sitters. I, I do. <laughs> and I get um, I get to dog walk the sweetest little dog right now four times a week. And What was its name again? Scout. Oh, it's adorable. Mm-hmm. Is that, the, oh, is that your dog that you No, that's the dog I walk. Gotcha, But gotcha. I, my dogs are named Tyler and Georgie. Tyler and Georgie. They have an Instagram. Oh, really? Do they share one? together yeah that's amazing mm-hmm. um i love that your dogs are human names because i've always found it kind of i mean to each his own everybody loves their animals their own way but you know like mr something or sparkles <laughs> or my dad was always the one that said when you're naming a pet make sure that you consider what you'll be screaming up and down the streets when it runs away and you don't want to be going like piddles that's or... <laughs> amazing <laughs> Some oh sage my words for my father sounds like a, a name yeah i love that <laughs> so yeah georgie and tyler is the other one yeah yeah, yeah. just yeah. like max and toby very simple very easy yeah they're simple dogs yeah so part of good. the family yeah. exactly um, and your family's getting a little bigger, you said. Your uh, 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 fiancé, uh, you, you guys are engaged. Congratulations. Yeah, That's amazing. You. How did that, uh, how did you guys meet? Um, high school. Oh, wow. High school sweethearts. Yeah, we were 16. Okay. And he was the goth uh, outsider and you were the cheerleader. And oh, you guys met in some crazy star-crossed yes. life. Yes. <laughs> no, we were just hit it off we've just never stopped talking and is he a writer too no he's a graphic designer oh okay. every writer needs like a actual job person yes. on the other side and yours is a graphic designer mine's an attorney <laughs> oh that's so much more lucrative i should have found an attorney um but graphic yeah. design he's working for the company it's called new form if i'm not sure if you're ever on facebook but it's those text stories of those scripted oh stuff that those are back. super popular yeah he's their graphic designer how long has he been doing that? He got I had to wet job. my whistle. Sorry about that. I didn't <laughs> no know you would be done that worries. quickly. <laughs> he, um, he has been working there since, I think, November, December. Okay. It was so his pretty first interview. You... Yeah. He got oh, it. Oh, wow. One and done. Yeah. He's um, a very talented um, graphic designer. Must very be. naturally talented. It's kind of annoying. He <laughs> was he... like, maybe I'll try graphic design, and then he's the best. Does he have his own portfolio? Something we yeah. can boost? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AlexBoisena.com. Fantastic. Very yeah. hard to spell. We'll be sure yeah. to put that in the description. I am not <laughs> taking his last name. Oh, <laughs> uh, will you hyphenate a third time? Oh, people think we should. I think that I'm just going to keep my name and call it good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. I Yeah, it's a nice... Uh, I've always liked my name, uh, Kyle Leone. It flows... The last two letters flow right into the first two letters of the last name. Names Sierra should. Ducharme Hansen. It, felt, it just nice. flows. Yeah. So, uh, pivoting a little bit, uh, my podcast is more about sci-fi and horror in those, but I feel like we found a a happy medium between the two. You brought Heathers, uh, the 1988, uh, gosh, nothing else to comment, but black comedy, just like hard, dark comedy. What made you want to bring this to the the gory days? I fell in love with this movie in college. Okay. Mostly because I found Heathers the musical first. Yes. Which is um, a wonderful musical, and I fell in love with it. And then 
then realized it was based off a movie. Okay, so this is great because I know next to nothing about the musical and my research turned up so little, so maybe you can tell us like yeah. some of the differences and stuff, but right off the bat, where did you see the musical? How did Illegally you see Illegally online. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Because, yeah, it's, it's performance run, it was off-Broadway and then it was in London and then it's been just like off the face of the earth. Yeah, it's mm. a very, very not done musical because oh. Heather's is very dark yes that a lot of audiences don't love it is it like the legally blonde musical kind of in, yeah because that's that's something that that was the first thing i thought of is like oh a movie uh that was kind of com- i mean not kind of comedy but was a comedy uh that had this like uh fantastical element that it's like that could totally be a song that they could just like break out into turn movie legally blonde uh was like a no-brainer is it kind of like that absolutely uh, it gets really dark and i think it really helps the emotional moments hit because oh. you have those ballads and you get to kind of live in that more i guess legally blonde never really hits that is it more like cabaret where it starts fun Maybe. and then it gets like yeah because it starts out as just i'm a kid in high school and my life is hard and here's some fun songs about it and there are the mean girls yeah that's <laughs> this is the first mean girls yeah yeah it's and Mean Girls is now a musical. Yeah. Oh, that's totally right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're actually incredibly similar. Oh, uh, which would you say is better? The I mean think Girls Heather's. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. But I think the Heather's musical is better. But I would love to see the Mean Girls one. It. They just have very different endings. <laughs> so you saw it in college. What drew you to it? What uh, your love of comedy and your love of musicals? Or? I was surrounded by theater people, so it slowly matriculated its way through, and mm-hmm. just the whole department was singing it. And it's very. When did catchy. Spring Awakening get to you? Because that oh, definitely plagued my school at one point. That got to me in high school. Okay. And our school actually, my college did it my senior year. Yeah, my it wasn't like a sanctioned performance. It was like the seniors did oh, their like really? you know black box performance of it. But yeah, oh, ours was. <laughs> full and my professors made me audition for it even though I knew I could sing. That's very Spring Awakening. <laughs> and so I was like, I'll do it. And I auditioned with the song from Heather's actually. Oh, which one? Um, Dead I don't know Girl Walk- It's called Dead Girl Walking. Okay. Um, and I, it's one of those ones I just fully committed with awful singing and was like, you told me to. <laughs> if you're going to do it, that's the only way to do it. You don't want to get up there and be all timid. Just like no, like, flaunt it. Yeah. Like, we've been here for four years, guys. You know my skills. Here we go. <laughs> you were a senior by that time? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So you, so you were offer only by then. They had to reach out offer to you. Offer only. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then when did you see the movie? Because you said you connected it later. Yeah. I, my roommates at the time, we were like, we're so obsessed with this musical. I guess we should go watch the movie. And it is darker than the musical. Christian Slater puts a whole different spin on everything. Yes, the JB, JD yeah. in the musical is more of kind of like a sexy, like, Johnny cool. Depp style, I'm yeah. sure. And yeah, and then in the movie, you're like, oh, no, he's just creepy. He's so greasy, yeah, just like, from point one. Like, you're gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get her falling for him more in she's, the musical. Yeah, she's so into him right away, and it's like, ew. Yeah, yeah it, we'll it get makes into sense that. in the musical, and there's also a song where she falls for him, so you kind of get her path. Oh, like her own, like, aria, where maybe he's frozen in time and she's talking Legitimately, about... <laughs> he's frozen um, in slow motion. Musicals are so great. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, and then the movie, I was like, oh, okay, sure, I'll sure. buy. Yeah, I guess she's into him. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, that was also in college, uh, that you guys saw. And then, um, you like it, w- w- uh, I know that it established things like, um, uh, what's your damage? Like, did it start, oh, uh, inside jokes with you guys? Or? Oh, absolutely. The what's your damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many so- fun songs that you just, that's a dumb question. Singing. I was, I feel like I was just trying to oh, fill yeah, air there. I love it. 
Um, but uh, besides that, you mentioned that you were, uh, before we get into the movie, you mentioned that you were in a play called Bellwether by Steve Yockey. Yeah. What, 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 what is that? That was my junior year of college. I was cast in a play, and it's a wonderful play. You can actually read it on, it's a, on a website called New Play Exchange. You can look it up, and it's a wonderfully written play. Steve Yockey wrote for Supernatural. Oh, my parents love Supernatural. Yeah, and he's also <laughs> written a lot of really creepy plays. This play. This being one of them? Yes. Okay. Um, and I got cast in it, and I am a wimp when it comes to horror. So I was like, oh, no. I can't believe I got cast in this play. But it turned out to be the best because I knew it was going to happen. If I had been in the audience, I sure, <laughs> would have been sure. scared out of my mind. But I played the character that all the scary things happened to. Okay. Not the lead? or It was the lead, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah it was a really, really cool experience. And... It's interesting because the first act, the first half, you think it's just a normal play about this alcoholic mother, me, oh, who um, loses her child. Oh, boy. And oh you God. think it's because she's drunk and wasn't paying attention. And then it's a lot of marital strife between her and her husband. And th- th- their child has just gone missing. And the end of the first act ends with a creepy man in a dark coat, which is the name of the character in the script, come out of the closet and steals one of her the kids toys and then i run into the closet after this dark figure and then we start the second act in hell okay so she, she <laughs> dies um no, the girl got taken to hell okay and then i run in after her and then i have to like go and get my daughter back okay so it's a dante's inferno like style grounded horror yeah and it's supernatural yeah you don't know it's supernatural at all until act two where it shatters Mm -hmm. except you hear these huge booms because halfway through the play a bunch of other kids start going missing and it turns out that the this is very spoiler. Yeah, sorry, I'm really super fascinated. Do yeah. you mind if we spoil yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely I spoil it. It's happens. a wonderful play. And and then all of a sudden, the husband who's left has now, his wife's also gone, and everyone thinks the wife killed her. It shifts perspective to the husband? Partially. We okay. go back and forth from hell to not hell, which is wonderful set-wise. I, I'm wondering, yeah. Yeah, there's some great photos. Some spinning, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some, we put uh, something in front of the audience they had to look through. Oh, a scrim. In hell. Yeah. Okay. It, for the hell scene. I really appreciate you not using the layman t- or the, the technical <laughs> term for my listeners. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was creepy. And it was, we had this actress play a, like, animatronic doll. I was wondering, was, like, the baby? Or... No, this is just um, a doll who, like, led me to my daughter. Oh, the doll is the character. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was... We had her through audio, so her voice was distorted in real time with our sound mixer, and it was so creepy. And this was at Utah? Yeah, this okay. was in Salt Lake. And then she gets to her daughter, and it turns out her daughter has aged, like, 16 years and is an adult. In hell? Mm-hmm. And doesn't want to go back. Okay. Um, but she then gets to pick if all the other kids go free, because all these other kids that have been kidnapped, or she takes her daughter back, back as a little girl. Unwillingly. Mm-hmm. And that big moment happens, and she ends up screwing over everyone else and takes her daughter back, leaving all these other kids to rot in hell forever. So it's a happy, uplifting end. So I'm just trying to like <laughs> the way I uh, the way I engage with things, and you'll find out with Heather's is that like I I can't I can't look at it like just in a vacuum. I'm trying to think like what what does it mean? I'm trying to find oh, yeah. the, the con like like what 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 thematic metaphors are at work there? Yeah. Uh, a woman choosing to. Uh, 
so I'd have to, wrapped. I'd have to gestate like with it for a little bit longer. Let yeah, it digest, but it's but... all about like wow. what would a parent do to save their kid, and... even if their kid didn't want it. And so you you don't have a history of horror. Where do you access a performance I like that? I watched. Um, I couldn't even remember the name of it. It's a horror. I watched one horror movie and was like, "That's too scary." But I then I just lived in the moment. The opening night, it was it was a very scary play. Just what they were doing technically, but nobody during the rehearsal process thought it was scary because we all knew it was going to happen. Because you've done it fifty times, yeah. yeah. So opening night comes and we're not expecting screams or anything, <laughs> and there's a jump scare that we didn't realize was a jump scare until opening night, where when you first go into hell, you hear all the sounds of the set changing. And it's creepy, and then I like slam on the ground like oh. I've just like dropped God. from the ceiling. <laughs> And I scream and I like drop to the floor and then the audience screamed. And then I genuinely screamed because the audience <laughs> scream scared me because I didn't know it was The scream coming. feedback loop. Yeah. And then, but the audience's like verbal responses um, really just drop you in it because it feels so scary. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there'd it, be times people would go like, oh shit, <laughs> just verbally in yeah. the audience. And and it's what I've found is different is so fundamentally different in theater than film is the instant reaction. The one-to-one, like, I did a thing and right away I'm getting response from it. Yeah. Whereas film, you know, you did it a month ago, uh, 10 years ago, and oh, now yeah. you're seeing it and hearing people react. There's nothing like theater. And that was the most fun I've had on stage because it just... People would have full-on conversations we could hear. They'd be like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't oh, do it. that feels great. <laughs> How many performances was that? We did just two weekends of it. Wow. Okay. Um, and so the, uh, when you mentioned that it was a theater, a uh, horror uh, theater piece, I thought like, well, the, the scares can't be that jump scare, really. They need to be, they're, they're more cerebral. They're more about like the situation and the tension of what someone, like if they won't, will they, won't they. But you're right, just like slam or like gunshots like sometimes. Yeah. Like I've thought about, yeah, some theater performances where like, yeah, jumped yeah, out of my skin. Absolutely. We had people like gripping each other in the audience being like, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. But that's not for you. That's not something you'd want to go back to your for comedy or I would love to act in horror. I'm not sure how much I am a viewer of it, but it was a blast to be acting it. Awesome. Because you knew what was happening and it like I think it made me want to work in like a haunted house. Oh. Where I knew what would happen. Sure. Yeah, maybe not as a scarer, but uh, mm-hmm. as a scared designer, maybe. Yeah, designer of the haunted house. It was just so fun. That's something I can't do. It's not scary for him when I go to those. I can't do the haunted houses. Oh, I can't. I can't do them. Yeah, I can't deal with the idea of someone touching me. Like, uh-uh. even going into the movies, I know no, no one's going to touch me, but my brain can imagine, like, you know, corner my so eye kind big. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's the last horror movie you saw in theaters? The only horror movie I've ever seen in theaters is Get Out. Oh, and that one's a. Wow, I was going to say there aren't many jump scares, but there are a few jump scares. But most of it, yeah, is just the horror of the situation. Oh, my God. And that's such a great movie. Oh, it was brilliant. I'm so glad I saw it. My friends had to drag me kicking and screaming. Well, the trailers made it seem like it was a lot scarier than it was. It did. It yeah. really did. Like, there was more humor in it than I expected. It was oh surprisingly funny. Oh, my God, that funny. best friend is He's the my funniest favorite. Guy. Yeah. And yeah. their uh, repartee with him and the lead actor, whose oh name I gosh. always forget. But uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Oh, phenomenal movie. But it took me forever to see Get Out, just like it took me forever to see this. My fiance's dad recommended this to us a long time ago. Like, uh, I want to say like two years ago or something. We were like, yeah, yeah, okay. Didn't watch it until you brought it to my <laughs> attention. So like two, three days ago, I finally watched it. And it's amazing. Isn't it? And it does not hold up. 
Um, and we'll get into all of that when nope. we come back. More Sierra Ducharme Hansen, more Kyle Leone, and more Heather's the 1988 classic on the Gory Days. The Gory Days. Welcome back to the Gory Days. My guest Sierra Ducharme Hansen and me, Kyle, your host, are talking to uh, talking about Heather's. I wish Heather was here so we could talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> but we are talking about Heather's the 1988. I was going to say classic, but really it was panned when it came out. People yeah. did not respond to it, uh, and it became, I guess that's kind of the symptom of a cult classic. It can't be critically acclaimed as uh, when it first comes out. It uh, trickles in slowly as uh, the video sales boost. And uh, that's the definition of a cult classic. A lot of the movies we bring on here are cult classics. We had uh, Hellraiser on here, which even though it was Clive Barker, no one really cared about until uh, video sales. So generally, I like to give a little bit of timeline of how the movie was made before we jump into a quick synopsis, and then we'll just go back and forth about what we thought about the movie. Daniel Waters' first featured uh, screenwriting debut originally wanted this movie to be directed by Stanley Kubrick. What was he thinking? I don't know. It's a good script, but like the thing Stanley Kubrick is capable of, this seems so beneath him. It does. And so, uh, sure enough... Stanley Kubrick did not respond to any attempts of Weird. them reaching out. So uh, eventually Michael Lehman was approached, who hadn't really directed any feature films. This was also his feature film directorial debut. So we've got two people debuting their first time, Daniel Waters and Michael Lehman. Long story short, it films in 32 days in Los Angeles, and uh, specifically in Studio City, Tahunga, and Santa Monica, and Pasadena for a church scene, uh, the funeral scene, rather, at Church of the Angels, which was also in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did you recognize that scene? I didn't. I'll have to go back and rewatch it yeah, now. Yeah, the funeral scene where the bullies are abusing the nerds is apparently yeah. uh, the same uh, scene or location that was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh my god, I love that. What's your connection to Buffy? Oh, it was what got me writing in the first place. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Joss Whedon and all of them? Oh my god, Joss Whedon is my god. He's the best. Yeah, watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer was vividly the first time I realized writing for TV was a job. Isn't Sarah Michelle Gellar coming back with some other property? I sure hope so. Yeah, I saw that something. That sounds great. Either as a host for something or she's actually starring. Yeah, yeah. They're all amazing. And Angel, I remember being uh, really... I didn't watch these shows, oh, I have to I admit. Them. <laughs> but I've heard amazing things. I owned them on DVD and would just watch them on repeat. <laughs> and like, as a fan of like universe building, world building, and like uh, uh, long-reaching character arcs like in supernatural and stuff it it's i'm i've heard amazing things and well I feel it sounds like, like it's time i should definitely watch it yeah and i love joss whedon i oh. love the avengers i love oh, what he's yeah. done he's brilliant and as far as i know he hasn't been me too'd yet so it's still okay to watch his stuff, oh right? my god if he got me too'd <laughs> it would not. ruin me i hope not <laughs> <laughs> um not to make light of that i'm sorry because this movie's about to touch on some things oh yeah um but uh it was released on friday march 31st 1989 to mixed reviews promptly removed from theaters and like i said got its prominence on uh, DVD and uh, VHS, I guess I should say. Produced by Denise DeNovo, written by Daniel Waters, and uh, directed by Michael Lehman. Le Heathers stars Winona Ryder as Veronica Sawyer, Christian Slater as Jason Dean, a.k.a. J.D., Shannon Doherty as Heather Duke, Lizanne Falk as Heather McNara, and Kim Walker as Heather Chandler. To name our main characters, there's a few uh, supporting characters there that I'm sure I'll introduce when they become relevant, but that's our main cast. Let me just quickly explain it. Of course, if you're listening to this, I hope you've seen the movie already. It's amazing. If you haven't, pause this 
podcast and then watch it because we're going to spoil everything. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's free. I, I have this uh, this website called JustWatch.com. They have an app where you can type in any movie and it'll tell you what streaming service it's on. And if it's not on a streaming service, it'll tell you where to buy it or where to rent it. And I looked up Heather's and it's available on everything. Oh, it's really? on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, HBO. It's on all of them. Um, so that's a pretty great deal. Someone's taking home some awesome residual checks. Yep. So, uh, yeah, the Heathers are mean. They are four girls girls at this high school. What was the name of it again? It takes place in Ohio. Uh, Wester... Westerberg. Westerberg. Westerberg High. I'm sure. Is that a, a lyric in the song? Okay, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, <clears throat> there's a segment I want to play later about the, the musical that I'm looking forward to playing with you. Uh, so the Heathers are mean. They are your typical mean girls. And they're a clique of three with this fourth one played by uh, uh, Winona Ryder, Veronica. They're, they're cute. There's Heather, the main one in red. Heather, the yellow one. Heather, the green one. And then Veronica, who wants to become a Heather, which always struck me as weird. Would she change her name? Are the other ones not named Heather? Because they are. We hear them addressed. So anyway, they're all a bunch of mean girls. And Veronica wants to be one of them. Veronica meets JD, a new student, I guess. He's never been here before, but also he's he's never seen her. And it's like, this is the first time, whatever. Anyway, they meet and uh, long story short, they decide to kill Heather. So they do. She dies. The movie barely reacts to it. Um, And that's kind of like the first instance of the dark comedy we're, we're hitting on here. Uh, the town reacts, and then they kind of move on. Um, Very quickly. Then, Veronica and JD aren't done. They kill two jocks that have been harassing students throughout the movie. Um, Once again, the town kind of adjusts, (laughs) adapts, and moves on. Um, But this time in a, like way that embraces suicide now the school has kind of taken up suicide as like a an identity uh flag to wave it's very bizarre so jd and veronica split veronica doesn't want to be part of this murdering stuff anymore it's so passe (laughs) she's bored (laughs) so veronica tries to stop jd from this master plan of blowing up the whole school because it's great he wants to write a suicide note for everyone that they've killed and that's why they think they commit suicide so naturally having a suicide side note of just signatures with everyone's name on it would probably work in this bonkers world. Oh, yeah, it would work. <laughs> it it's would... a good plan in this world. <laughs> so, um, Veronica, JD fails. Veronica stops him. Um, and JD, instead of killing the whole school, kills only himself. He blows up. And Veronica is the new Heather. And she's the new nice sheriff in town. And she's even going to be nice to the same people she was mean to. And those people are going to accept it. Oh, without question. <laughs> And that's Heather's in a yeah, nutshell. even though she murdered their best friend. It's horrible. <laughs> I mean, like even the the, the uh, what is her? I don't I don't I don't want to call Martha. I don't want to call her dumb truck. Even yeah, though that's Martha. what they all call her, uh-huh. Martha. Uh, she is just like, yeah, we're friends again. Like, I guess she never directly found out that Veronica wrote the evil note at the beginning. But I you feel like tell her. I know. Yeah, there's the there's one a person that was on your team. At the beginning. Like, just... oh, I kind of inadvertently caused her to, to attempt suicide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll just go say, let's hang out sometime. We good, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, this movie's a black comedy, and I don't know what I was expecting. Because... <laughs> Because um, uh, when you first uh, said, like, oh, I don't know what movie to pick, you gave me the list, um, uh, I picked Heather's because I was like, well, that's the only one that I know has murder in it. Like, I, I recognize some of the others, um, but I didn't want to do Get Out because of your very uh, um, aware analysis of it. 
Sometimes, sometimes people don't have that kind of self-awareness. Maybe it's because you're a writer. Maybe it's because you're not from L.A. But, uh, yeah, some people just think they could talk about whatever they want. Like, like Get Out wasn't the movie that I should be talking about. And yet, there is a, a realm where we could talk about it. It would be at the expense of kind of the more important discussion, oh, you know? yeah. Like, it's hard to talk about that movie without its themes. And... I'm way too white. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, in case anyone hasn't figured out, you are white. I'm incredibly You can identify white. as white, too. I do. I identify. Because okay. <laughs> that's a thing, too. Oh, oh, my gosh. This is a wonderful world we live in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did not know what to expect. Uh, but I'm glad that it became what it was. Because if it wasn't... Like, there are, there are points of it where it starts to go, like, never mind. We're not a black comedy anymore. But then it's like, just kidding. We totally and are. And something happens. And it rips with my head. And I'm like, okay, if this wasn't... If this didn't have the kinds of jokes in it that it has i'm using air quotes when i say jokes because this is an audio medium i realize oh, yeah. like air quotes unquote um it, i'd be upset i would be like just just mad it's horrifying <clears throat> without jokes and i don't know if it's because of the time we live in or because of just uh, it has to be because I, I wasn't alive back then but the 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 main themes at play here are teen suicide and murder uh I mean, let's just stop there. The, the teen suicide one is uh, so funny to this movie. It's not funny at all, it's and it's not it, a com- comedic thing. It's a real thing, and and every it's it's like it's like every single joke. There's no joke where it's like, oh well, that makes absolutely no sense. Like every single joke reminds me of a real world horrible thing that either has happened, is happening. Like it's it's. It's scary. That's its real horror. It's terrifying and it's realistic in a sense. So, like, how did you think of it when you saw the musical? Is uh, is, is it? Well, in the musical... Is it just as campy? And It is even more. Okay, because this one's barely campy. Yeah, it and the musical is very campy. And, the mus- and they touch on it in the movie that really JD is committing these murders and Veronica... Is an kind accessory. of along for the ride, but doesn't want to be, but is easily swayed. Except for swayed. one of them. Uh, yeah, th- she's she's mostly an accessory to the uh, initial Heather death and then Ram and Kurt the jocks. Mm-hmm. But she definitely kills... Oh, wait, no, she doesn't. I was going to say she kills JD, but no. JD kills himself. Never mind, yeah. Okay, sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, and in the musical, that's so much more abundantly clear that she doesn't want to be a part of it. Uh-huh. That you can root for her more. She's kind of passive in the movie that she's like, oh, well, I guess that happened. I don't want her to get away at the end and win. Like, she should go to prison. I want the cops to come in at the end and go, all right, you have to go to jail now. Maybe you can be quirky there with a monocle. (laughs) Accessory to murder. Um, Yeah, like, literally. Accessory? Like, he wouldn't have murdered if she didn't want it. No, and she... And it makes me think of American Beauty in that sense. Have you seen American Beauty? No. Oh, okay. Well, uh, spoiler alert. In American Beauty, <laughs> there is a person that wants to kill somebody else and gets their uh, like lover to, to instigate it. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's the question of it is like, it, it, it's like a Lady Macbeth situation. Like, who is at fault? Is it Lady Macbeth or is it Dunk or um, Macbeth himself? Absolutely. And there's a song in the musical called Fight For Me, ah. which is when Veronica falls in love with J.D., Oh, falls in crush with JD. Sure. That. High school love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instantaneous. And their JD is 
beats up a guy that's being mean to Veronica. Oh, okay. In slow motion while <laughs> Veronica sings this song. Oh, boy. That's basically like, oh, my God, somebody's fighting for me. Like, how great to be taken care of. And then when that turns into murder, it goes a little too far. Yeah. But it's still in her mind a bit romantic. It comes from a bizarre place. I guess, like, let's let's take a step back and, and look at Veronica. She Her story is that she's a genius, right? Genius. Is that she's actually really intelligent and could... She, she, she mentions that she had the opportunity to skip 7th and 8th grade, go straight from 6th into high school, and they just didn't. Probably because of very good social, like, uh, development reasons. Oh, yeah. Like, she needed social development. A 6th grader cannot be walking around high schools with 18-year-olds. Especially these ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. Especially the ones in this free... This- screwed up high school the screwed up town everyone in the town is so bizarre they like they're living in like a edward scissorhands tim burton world and nobody addresses it it's so bizarre and it's like part of that is supposed I, I love doing this research for this movie because people have taken it in in both directions as like like this is a very high concept uh, examination of democratic democratic politics versus capitalism uh in in uh reagan and bush uh, administration era whoa <laughs> and then other people go like this is just an examination of a uh, real world high school cliques and how violent they can be and it's like no they're neither of them are wrong but it makes me just think that like this movie was written by a white dude it, like f- for fun it was his first feature film i feel like to examine it that closely uh, is it's, giving too much credit. It's murder. It's like, oh my god, she murdered the popular girl. But at the same time, I have to make the argument as a creative in my head that like, when you when you make something like this, the moment it's out there, it's not yours anymore. So oh, not at all. People can can glean from it whatever they want. I don't think Bush was involved. Though so <laughs> I'm gonna make that comment. <laughs> I would love to read that book. That's like uh, Heather's and the deconstruction <laughs> of Bush Reagan economics. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a, a really dark comedy and like veronica is supposed to be a really really intelligent person and you would hope that that would extend to emotional intelligence but she's a kid it does not yeah she's a kid and she's easily manipulated by these people and it's unclear how long she's been like climbing the ladder to try to get with the heathers but she's as close as she's like ever gonna get it seems yeah um and there's like a line that uh heather chandler the first heather number one says is like you were nothing before me you were playing barbies with betty frank her friend that gets this (laughs) i feel bad for her she's clearly a good-looking woman and they just like put these glasses and they mess up her hair a little bit in the in the musical they tend to put her in a fat suit Oh, geez. Oh, that was something I read is that they combined Martha and Betty into one character. They did. And that was something I was like, that makes way more sense. Why do we need two versions of the same story? Because she never, she never like finishes it with Betty. No. (laughs) They are the same character in the musical. Okay. That makes more sense. Because I I kept expecting there to be some big like, you know, Betty, you're my real friend. You were there all along. But she's gone. She's gone. (laughs) She's she's at the pep rally. I think there's a shot of her going like, yay. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, uh, so Veronica has been emotionally manipulated by this Heather person and the social hierarchy of the school for she's a junior or is she a sophomore? I think she's a senior. At she's least in the senior. musical, she's a senior because the whole musical starts with this song about her being like, just one more year. I just got to get through one last year and okay. then I can leave this town. Well, I don't think it's safe to assume she's a senior here because by being the new Heather for like, what, a few more months? Like yeah. that wouldn't be a big deal. So, no. so I feel like it, she must be 
at most a junior. Yeah, she's got to get that title. Yeah, so then when JD shows up, is he also a junior? It is so it's unclear. It's really confusing. Because he moves, he says he's moved seven times to seven different states. Uh, and what? Uh, he has some stupid line about like seven schools, and the only thing that's changed is my uh, zip code or something like that. Oh yeah, whatever. He's, um, oh god, he's the worst. But uh, why do you think he's moved so many times? Do you think he's killed before? Oh, they have a is line in the musical. musical? Please, please. Um, that they talk about that his dad travels for work. That okay. his dad just moves um, as a demolition guy. Yeah. Okay. And so he's had to move for all of that. Though I would assume this isn't the first murder. Because he's very calm about it. I mean, when he shoots, he pulls out the gun. What? No, excuse me. <laughs> um, when the bullies, for the jocks first mess with him, um, and they're like, we're seniors. We can't fight him anymore. Well, then we'll just mess with him. Yeah. <laughs> just big douchebags. <laughs> but they don't hit him. Um, uh, he pulls out a gun. And, like, I kept thinking to myself, just, like, as a screenwriter, like, what a great hook. <laughs> like, that's, and then a gun. Exactly. Like, that's got to be within, like, the first five pages. And it's just like, boom. Boom, boom. <laughs> that's how the whole movie goes, though. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, that's extreme. There are a couple moments like that where the editing just like yada yada yadas the uh, real world important like parts. Like, how did he get away with that? Why does he have a gun at school? Exactly. And they just say, oh, he got suspended because it was blanks. If it had, it looked. <laughs> 80s. 80s. The 80s. Because the, the real world horror of that is that school shootings are happening all the time right now. If, and this play, if it was written now, it would be about school shootings, I would assume. It could not be written now. If it was it could not be a black comedy oh no and i'm surprised that the tv show happened uh do you hear about that the paramount oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me get down there's to my a wonder. tv show oh yeah 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 part of the uh legacy is that not only was there an off-broadway musical there was a tv show in october of 2018 when you moved down here it was announced that a series would premiere on paramount network network over the course of five nights uh Nine episodes, five nights. The series was, of course, edited massively for content, resulting in numerous cuts and an entire episode being reduced from uh, an entire episode being erased from ten to nine, with the original final episodes being combined into one. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to support it. I don't have any desire. It's done. I did see a couple trailers, and it's so bizarre because it try. The Heather's are there. It's one uh, gay gentleman, a heavyset Latinx woman, and a white girl. Those are the Heathers. And like the that new- seems against the point of the heavens, but is, okay. It's supposed to be like in this modern era, and so there's there's they're monsters, but like in a mean girls like heightened way, and it just feels tired and inappropriate because where mean girls you know stops there and just plays with the so- sociology of it. Yeah. This movie goes to murder and shooting and suicide, which unfortunately is horrifically real. Oh my gosh! And yeah. it kept reminding me of um, what was the movie? What was the Netflix show uh, that the, that was about a woman um, that killed herself? And all those tapes. Oh, were found thirteen afterward. reasons why. Thirteen reasons why. It made me think of this too, of like the, how idolized Heather becomes when she dies, and how it becomes like this, this like, oh, everyone loves you, even when you're an asshole, even if you live your life as a monster, if you kill yourself in some kind of poetic way, then then you are actually deep. She has even more love for her when she's dead because mm-hmm. she becomes this like god to all these people in the musical they she's in it for the rest of it as a ghost 
in her like sexy lingerie she died in. Okay, and... I love that. I love how she wakes up <laughs> like fully makeup. Yeah. <laughs> and Kurt and Ram, who are the jocks, mm-hmm. they also are her like backup singer ghost. Oh, okay. For the rest of the musical. Um, in are they Speedos. in their underwear? Okay. <laughs> yep. And so they're just, they're just in the corner the whole time, basically narrating and being the guilty conscience in Veronica's mind. Like, remember their, you like, killed bullet- us? Yeah. With their like bullet holes and stuff. Yeah. See, now once again, have you seen the Laramie Project? I've seen parts of it. What a horror. Like, that's all I could think of. Or Bang Bang, You're Dead. Like, all I can think of is, is, <sighs> I suppose it takes like, you know, uh, standing on the backs of giants or on the shoulders of giants. Like it takes these things these early quote unquote deconstructions to to pull the curtain back to the realities of the situation because I I I am sorry to burst one's bubble. People have been killing themselves long before recently. Like it's become a thing, whether because of social media or whatever, but it it has always been a thing. And I can guarantee you that as much as this movie was making fun of all of these things, there had to have been people in the audiences that were that were feeling it's offended. not sensitive mm-hmm. at all. It's and triggering. It's murder being blamed as suicide. Uh-huh. Like, it's not really suicide. It's not even dealing with real suicide. No, it, it even treats them in a comedic way when the, uh, like, each time their murder is supposed to disparage them. They're trying to destroy their character in the suicide notes, but the result is people responding in remarkably progressive ways and that's the joke yeah Kurt and and Ram they try to make it look like they're gay when they die and that they killed themselves because they couldn't be together in society and they're like giggling like this is going to embarrass them so much yeah there's a song in the musical called um I love my dead gay son where the two dads who you think are going to hate and be very bigoted end up being so open and being like I just wish they would have told me and now work together and I accept them as gay and everyone accepts them. That's not funny. It's just... This song is so energetic. I think maybe it got cut from the West End, the London production. Okay. Because it's a catchy song, but it's... The (laughs) The the punchline is, I love my dead gay son, which is... That's really horrific. (laughs) At the funeral, it's like this big happy number of like, I'm glad they finally got to be who they are. And you're like, no, they got murdered. I mean, they were awful people. Yeah. But they, like, the way they treat the other kid at Heather's funeral, like, at, and people are just walking by. Like, you expect another adult to come over and rip them apart or where something. Where are the adults in any of this? Uh, they are literally robots. They're either robots or stoned off their butts. I can't tell. The parents, uh, the mom and dad of Veronica specifically, are so funny. But I can't tell what's wrong with them. Oh, my God. There's And then JD comes to kill Veronica, in a sense, because he's like, well, if you can't, you're not going to be with me. I got to kill you. Because that logic follows. Because I love you. Yeah, I love you, too. Too much to let you live and she has to pretend that she's committed suicide yeah which I, at first i was like how is she doing that some kind of harness situation yeah uh jd finds her hanging from the rafters of her bedroom which again nice vaulted ceiling in her bedroom very convenient <laughs> um by uh her bed uh Whoa, excuse me, I'm so burpy. By her bed sheets <laughs> and he just buys it but the part that you're getting to is when her, her mom comes up and it's just like, oh. 
I never should have blah, blah, blah. Like, she immediately starts making it all about herself instantly. Oh, yeah. I'm like, your daughter's dead. Yeah. And then when she realizes she's not, she's, e- like, equally nonplussed. Like, oh, you're not dead. Dinner's ready. <laughs> it's insane. And then there's the the weird, like, uh, rehearsed joke that the family has where the dad says, God damn, will somebody please explain to me why I read these spy novels? And Veronica says, because you're an idiot. And he says, oh, yeah, that's right. She says, you too. And then they do it again later. <laughs> it's. It's like they couldn't pick a tone. I thought there was going to be like a rule of threes moment where we're not again. It's just twice. No, it's just a bunch of random murder and punchlines and 80s clothing. And they literally don't care. I think uh, there there's one throwaway line that the mom says of just like, oh, such a pity that she killed herself. You know, the prom's coming up. Are you going to... <laughs> it's like... The prom wasn't even canceled yeah. after the, the, the suicide of... Three of the most... The girl who probably would have been prom queen and the guy that would have been prom king... That's such a good point. ...are dead. Yeah. And the attempted suicide of, of Martha. Nobody cares. No one cared. Veronica they laughed at her. They la- They were like... They said, uh, uh, is she dead? No. That's the punchline. She's in critical condition. Ha ha ha. It's insane. That <laughs> and poor we see her girl. later. Yeah, she's in like a rascal. And she's got like a neck brace and all kinds oh of stuff. Oh my god. She is the most beautiful... Sad I think so too. song in the musical. Oh, really? Where she's like... I thought you were just saying she's beautiful. Oh, I she think is. So she's yeah. gorgeous. And she has this song in the musical that's like her... Like, my life sucks and I have nothing left to do. It's like leading up to her attempted suicide is this beautiful song. With soda on her chest? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, big shout out to Carrie Lynn as Martha Dunstock oh. with that horrible nickname. But, uh, yeah, that's shot, too, of her in the bleachers all by herself, and she drinks the soda, and it's just it just makes her look so pathetic. I know. Like, why do they do... Ugh, oh, and this even movie. the death of the, the first Heather, I expected to be more cinematic. Yeah. She just... More meaningful? Drinks bleach. And then goes, corn... What does she say? Corn chips? It's a reference that something she asked for earlier, but she says corn oh, yeah. something and then dies. Yeah, because they just... And JD tricks Veronica into handing her this bleach instead of this other drink. And... You say tricks, but the way it's done, I was watching with my fiance. He was like, she knows. Like She had to have known. Right? They try to play it like she doesn't, but... Like with the cap, but you would it would be obvious. Like one is full of orange juice and milk and the other one is barely... Bleach. Is b- blue bleach, yeah. And then she drinks it and then she she's shocked. It. And I'm like, I would... Like it would enter your mouth and be like, nope. It would smell, like, before the ammonia of it. You'd would be like, make why you... are you giving me bleach? Yeah. And I love that they, like, like manipulate her. Like, she's like, oh, you think that's going to work on me? Give it to me. <laughs> it does. Yes! She's and it's... The... I mean, she is the worst. Again, all the worst people end up dying. Yeah. But that doesn't make it better. No, they don't deserve to. No one... And even if they do, that is not JD and Veronica's decision to make. No! And yet, in this movie, this, there's no justice. There's no law. We never really see Han- uh, Heather's parents react to her death, do we? No. Do Are they I, even in the film? Does Heather Chandler I don't think have... they're in it. I'm and trying to look bizarre, for it on the cast. No. Because it feels like they should be the queen be parents of... Yeah. But again, Like in a big little lies kind of way. Totally yeah. high. Totally like dead. That was that was when when my fiance was watching. He was like, uh, "I think they're robots." Let me know what happens at the end because yeah, I think yeah. they're robots. Oh my <laughs> gosh! And then there's that whole. But the idea of being above the law, they sing it. The the line is, "Our love is God." That is a line that he says mm-hmm. at the golf course when, yeah. or it's not the golf course. It's the cow tipping farm. 
Yeah. Obviously. Oh my god, jeez. I just thought about that I, uh, when I was watching and I thought, like, there are millions of people in the world and we all do things for fun. Like, I go to the pool. Maybe some people go to the zoo or the mall. They get drunk and go tipping cows. I grew up in the dairy state and cow tipping isn't a thing. It's not? Okay. I was curious. I grew up next to a million cows. I have never heard of anyone actually going cow tipping. And this is the responsibility that TV and movies have by showing us what is normal. And so if you show... What do they do in the Midwest? Oh, they tip cows. I mean, Mater did it in cars, so it obviously must be a universal thing. That's it. Like, even Pixar is guilty of this. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's so mean. No cow tipping? What did you guys, What did you do for fun out there? Stayed inside because okay. it was so awful outside. Read, right? Yeah. No cattle wrestling. No. No. Uh. uh what? Uh. Hog tying. <laughs> None of that. I. That was hunting was big, but oh, I didn't really? do that. Oh, okay. I'm the vegetarian in the family. Oh, good for you. Thank that you. That can be a hard thing to keep. Well, I was not not hard out here. Maybe out in Wisconsin. Oh, it's so Utah. easy here. When yeah. you start in Wisconsin, anywhere else you go, you're like, I have so many options. Yeah, if you get a lot of laughs, you yeah. have to deal with a lot of yeah, yeah. Maybe Thanksgiving, sir, oh a little my God. tough. My, my family is really nice about it. Good, so good. we're good. Because I'm sure, God, you have to deal with that enough. Yeah. Um. Uh. I forgot what we were talking about, but I guess we can uh, pivot our way into uh, some of the themes here, specifically the Westerberg hierarchy. Westerberg high hierarchy. I'm proud of that. <laughs> the Heathers, the Jocks, and the rest. That's pretty much the hierarchy of this school. The Heathers are on top. The Jack, the Jocks are like equal, if not slightly under. And then there's the rest, like the nerds, the stoners, the goths, the drama kids. We see them in various montages, but they are not the stars of this movie. Which were you in high school? I was the overachiever, like, nerd. Okay. I was president of the National Honor Society. I was that kid. The one that is going to be successful later in life? Yeah, but was so stressed (laughs) in high school. Um, People think I'm intense now, and I'm like, you should have met me in high school. I was so high strung. You on student council? Oh, yeah. Awesome. I did that, all that, and I did competitive public speaking was my main thing. Okay, like traveling to other schools, like away team debates and stuff? Yeah, I never did debate. I'm awful with confrontation. (laughs) Um, But prepared speeches and prepared. Oh, my gosh. Anyone tries to debate me, I just start crying. (laughs) But. I just can't handle confrontation, but I did, I won state one year on a speech about the history of the modern bra. Oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Wow. About uh, praising it or destroying it, condemning it? Um, just informing. Oh, okay. <laughs> a nice, no, 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 nice uh, middle of the road, moderate uh, approach. <laughs> I don't want to upset anybody here. I'm not going to yeah. uh, pick a side. <laughs> Um, so the Heathers uh, are a vicious clique, oh. and um, I, I I don't know what else there is to say about them. They kind of reflect like the same uh, idea that is like in Revenge of the Nerds and is in Carrie is this idea that at every high school, no matter where you are, there's this group of most likely women that uh, are not only evil to everyone else in the school, but sometimes to each other. Um, and they they have this, like, insipid hierarchy. And I want to say that there was a group like that in my high school, but it wasn't exclusively women. They were the cool kids. And they hung out in this one zone, and it, it like... It wasn't the kind of thing where I didn't feel like I could approach them, but I didn't want to because I didn't know them and they had nothing they could offer me and vice versa. But it it still made me feel bad sometimes. Yeah. Did you have that? I did. There was definitely kids that I think 
were thought they were better than everyone. Yeah. But all, like the Kurt and the Rams of my high school, I actually got along with. Oh, the jocks. Mm-hmm. I guess if well, they're the popular kids. What's the president of the student uh, body <laughs> union or whatever? Well, I think I had been put in enough of their groups. Like my teacher were always like, okay, so these are the troublemakers. We'll put Sierra with them, <laughs> and she'll drag them through it. And I like whipped these jocks into shape because I'm like, my grades dependent on you right now. So you're going to get your shit done. So were you the Winona Ryder in Breakfast Club then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then even up to like senior year, some of these jocks would come up and be like, look, I did my homework. Oh, and I'd be to like, impress you? I'm like, congratulations on doing the base requirements. I'm very proud of you. Um, That's bragging for them. <laughs> but they were very sweet. I think they kind of viewed me as someone who had helped them through school okay so but, that's yeah. that's how you got through high school wasn't a negative experience yeah. overall and since i was in a relationship with a very likable guy oh throughout? in high school um since we were 16 okay um he was one of those people that has never had anyone dislike him in his entire life oh okay that's a good it's ridiculous yeah and he was a gamer like he was oh. like the, he was playing magic the gathering he put all in his points cafeteria. into charisma Yes, but he was the coolest one out of all the nerds. That makes no sense to me <laughs> that he could play Magic the Gathering and still be charismatic. Oh my god, it's <laughs> it's almost angering. But um, no, I love Magic. Do you play? I have tried. They have a new online game that uh, I like learned with. It's oh much much more accessible. But yeah, he he plays it all. I've done a few. He gets mad at me because I just give them all people names <laughs> and give them like personalities, and he's like, "That's not what the point of this is." And I'm like, "It could be." That's so funny because. <laughs> that is also what I do when I'm playing magic is like I attach narratives and like I really need some kind of like arc or something that's yeah. going on it needs to be more cinematic I'm for not me. competitive enough for a lot of games it's just, if I am it can't just be so logical it's like what's happening what are the stakes <laughs> it's like it's just cards I'm like, it either has to be a fun party game yeah yeah like or... taboo or code names or something oh my god love code names yeah or um uh, catchphrase that's one of my favorite ones yeah I love it um, so the Heathers take care of, oh, I guess they all bully. The jocks do a lot of bullying. The Heathers do bullying, but it's more like indirect. Caddy. Yeah. Like the sending the fake note to Martha, uh, the, and Betty later. Uh, it, is that Betty or is that a different woman? I, I think it's a different woman that they're, they're doing the same trick to. They all do the same. They all serve the same purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of nonverbal, indirect, uh, uh, bullying snide ex- comments yeah except for when it's like heather on heather then it's direct and like the they gloves are, are off vicious to each other yeah and they talk to each other like crap uh even just like in like especially in private when they're playing uh croquet and things like that they they're- make fun of um one of them has bulimia mm-hmm. and they oh, make God, fun it. of it totally forgot so another another horrible real thing Legitimate. that happens to teenagers and others but yeah just the stress that teenagers are under now and have always been, but especially now with, with the accessibility parents have to know what they're doing at all the time and judge them every second of it. I, I do not envy them. You could not force me back into high school. And it's something that I mentioned off mic that I saw Lady Gaga in uh, Las Vegas. I was amazed that she stopped her performance at one point to say in a very grounded, unperformative way, my mom is here. And uh, she and I created this uh, foundation, and I, God, I wish I wrote it down and remember the name of it. I'll try to put it in the description because it's exactly what we're talking about here. It's an organization that puts programs for teenage mental health uh, that, like, within, uh, they have it in eight schools now, and by the end of 2019, they'll have it in 20 more schools, and they want it to be in every school in the world, is a department 
that addresses mental health. That That's it, amazing. They provide a hotline number, and totally anonymous, that children can call and talk to. What they'll do is they'll hire, or they won't hire, but they'll train other students, middle schoolers and high schoolers, to, to talk to these people. And they'll have, like, classes and, and seminars and stuff. And it's amazing. And it's all championed by, by Stephanie Germanata and her family, Lady Gaga. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Because you put all of these teenagers going through their own self-identity crises and you put them in a pressure cooker with each other and you're surprised it doesn't end well. Yeah. It's it's not a good situation. And then you put, you have to know what you want to do for the rest of your life at 15. Yeah. You have to get into these schools. You have to take these tests. You have to be able to focus for five hours at a time. It's not a good situation. And the whole thing hanging over your head is utter failure and homelessness if you don't. If you don't get that A on the, that test. Or and then you, you have to worry about Heather's. Like on top of it all, you have, you have to, to worry wor- about the mean girls. Uh huh. About about uh, how cool you are to everyone else. You have to worry about how cool you are to your parents. You have to worry about how cool you are to your friends. Maybe if you have grandparents, that's a whole other dynamic. You like, have to be seven different people. Yeah, it's exhausting. But how how are you supposed to remember who you are at the end of it? You can't. Yeah, of course you're going to grow up resenting everybody, and if you have no outlet for that, if you have no one to talk to without judgment. Uh, then, then, then horrible, horrible, horrible things happen. Well, hopefully you don't become JD. But hopefully you don't become JD. Hopefully you don't become Heather. Hopefully you don't be. Well, I mean, Heather's a monster, but she's not without saving. She is actively poisoning everyone in that school. But that still doesn't mean she should die. There's every every high school had that girl. Yeah. So. We don't kill all of them. No, but at the same time, not every high school has such stupid faculty. <laughs> Like when they have the first, it's it's another moment where they're they're making fun of what happens now and is the obvious solution is there's like a boardroom where the 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 high high faculty you know the council of seven At a high school yeah yeah talks about what they're gonna do with this uh, murder and the hippie like art teacher or whatever is the one that says we should get together and talk about our feelings and we should just like have a big seminar where we talk and just get all of our feelings out and there's like a beat and they're like okay let us know when the shuttle lands and it's like that's not a joke that's what you should be doing and they did that in the musical and they eventually do it but yeah. they do it in the musical it's, a, it's called light of the world or something like that and it's this hippie art teacher just being like okay everybody we're just gonna like feel our feelings and then they all feel okay and jd and veronica are like holy crap i think we got away with murder because everyone seems to be okay now and everyone's buying that it's suicide yeah no uh, that's that's uh, that's a nice segue is the idea that the police in this town are n- like they exist they might as well not exist if teenagers can outsmart them what are they doing the detectives like not not excluding the absolutely just inept two police officers that arrive on the scene of the uh, two jocks. Um, I'm talking. I'm just talking about like the imagined detectives of this movie that come upon this clearly like okay, there's no struggle, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's no investigation into it. It's like, oh, that's a suicide note. And I kept, I remember a moment when they're talking about, should we use the word myriad or not? I remember thinking, oh, obviously that's what's going to get them caught. She didn't use, they shouldn't have used the word myriad. Even his logic is bad, but it works. Oh, absolutely. Never once is it actually like, were they murdered? 
No, there's no question at all. It's like, of course they committed suicide. All of them in a row. And the part that doesn't really like land for me, and I don't know if it's the way that the movie's written or edited, is like the embracement that the student body has of the suicide of like a positive thing. It's like it's our brand now. Yeah, it's there's there's one line that the 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 art teacher says that deciding whether or not to kill yourself is one of the most important decisions a teenager can make. I mean, I <laughs> guess true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> However, not killing yourself is a great decision. I highly recommend it. Uh, yeah. Um, I forgot why I brought that up, but oh uh, it's it's just a horrible. It's another magnification. Oh, that's right. I, I it made no sense to me. Is that something that's kind of like more played out in the musical of the students suddenly thinking suicide is this identity identifier? Well, it's played off a little more comically. Sure. In the musical, in the sense that they're all really sad. And then this song happens, and they're like, great, I had two minutes of counseling. I'm okay now. And then they're all good. And then I think Martha actually trying to commit suicide perpetuates, like, well, I guess everyone else committed suicide, so I'll do it, too. It's what Heather does. Uh, Heather McNamara, Mm -hmm. uh, the one who's mostly in yellow through the movie, when she goes on to a radio show, pours her heart out because she needs someone to talk to. She's the most, like... And she's the only one that has the bravery to try to talk to somebody, and she's punished for it by the other Heathers. She's so sad. And she's pushed to suicide, but her reasoning for it is because that's what Heather did. That's what people are doing to solve their problems. And then you've got got the queen bee, um, Heather Chandler, and then you've got McNamara, who's just sad, and like, I think she's sad that her friend died. Yeah. She seems to be the most realistic understanding of she all can't this. move on no and then you've got heather duke who is just power hungry uh-huh. and it's like great heather chandler's gone now i get to my turn do it. yeah and it's just because she's she... the one getting shat on the whole time oh my god she's the bottom of it even though veronica isn't even a heather heather duke's the bottom and i mean it happens in mean girls too that oh. all of a sudden the mean girls are like okay new person join us right now and they're like they've never done this and i'm like why are they doing it it's a power play just to like crap on her even more yeah, yeah. and it, it comes out on the croquet game too this yeah. thinly veiled metaphor that is the croquet game i love that we just have so much croquet in this movie like <laughs> nobody plays croquet i know it's not even established that like their own oh, newport beach like hierarchy or uh, beverly hills like rich no they just they're the only ones that play croquet and they know the rules pretty well about and it. they are all so color coordinated yeah that's the great thing um is uh that they all have this color scheme that coordinates to each of them throughout the movie heather is uh the powerful one she's the one in charge and so naturally she is in red specifically with her power scrunchie the yes. red scrunchie that trades that uh, is like the sisterhood of the traveling scrunchie first mm. heather wears it because it's like the crown she's the queen but when she dies it passes on to uh heather duke uh who wears it at the end when she's finally wearing red uh her original color being green uh envy and- Yes. Oh, okay. So cool. I wasn't sure. I love that you said that because I wasn't sure if that was too like, oh boy, here we go. But you can't ignore it. No. Is that red is power. So of course, she's the vivacious, passionate leader of the group, Heather. Uh, yellow is fear. She's the one who's totally unsure of herself. I'm she's sure. innocent. She's innocent. She never moves on. She is yellow, Heather McNamara. My favorite outfit outfit of hers is the dream one where she shows up uh, in Heather Duke's uh, funeral dream sequence. She looks amazing in that. Oh. 
they all look so amazing. What are your favorite thing. outfits for? Uh, let's start with uh, the red Heather. My favorite one of hers is where she's wearing the suit jacket in the first oh. scene uh, with her power. Scratching. I mean, there's no beating that. Okay, Just good. The, she the looks killer amazing. jacket, and that's kind of the look they go for all of them in the musical. Oh, okay. They're all kind of in the colored blazer and the scrunchie. Ah, that explains the uh, playbill I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think they realized those were the best costumes. They're pretty great. They were like, we're just, why make them change? <laughs> and also, it is one of those things that they don't change in the musical. So oh. days pass <laughs> and they're in the same outfit. I guess that's cheaper because this movie has like 30 costume changes total for all oh of them. Oh my gosh. Veronica gets like 10, I think. Yeah. And they have the big Veronica reveal in the beginning where they give her like a makeover. Oh, okay. Where they're like, you weren't a Heather and now you are a Heather. And it's one of those like mid song. She runs backstage, quick changes and runs back. And now she looks like a Heather. That's fun. That kind of reflects the real world makeover that Winona Ryder had to get to land the role in this film. She oh, got it really? pretty quickly after Beetlejuice and unfortunately still had that sunken pale look. <laughs> so she had to get a super makeover for the audition and nailed it. Oh, she was the she did wonderful work. She it. kills it. She's only 16 in this movie. What? She's only 16 in this movie, Sierra. She's insanely <laughs> talented. She's amazing. And where is she now? Oh, duh, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. She's still doing great things. <laughs> She's so great. Oh, she really is. Um, I love her little cameo in uh, Not Another Teen Movie at the end. Oh, She's she so in funny. It? Yeah, she's a flight attendant that totally, like, just breaks all of the final, like, you had me at hello, like, whatever the final speech is. She goes, like, that's blah, blah, blah. You know he's doing this. Like, she yeah. is just phenomenal. And in this movie, she's 16. Holy cow. I can't. Yeah, yeah it's nuts. And it made she me think, like, gosh, it's kind of like there's some lofty adult themes going on here, and she carries them amazingly. It, again, we've talked about it. It's eating disorders and suicides <laughs> and mass murder attempts. Yeah. And watching your boyfriend blow up in front of you after he's come after you trying to murder you. I mean, the first thing she says after killing her best friend, worst enemy, is like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to send my SAT scores to this place instead of this. And it's like, that's where her priorities are. She... She is so flawed. Yeah. Like, everyone looks at her as she's the best option. I'm like, no, Martha is the best one here. And, and the end is supposed to be like, oh, yay, she did it. Now she's in charge and she's going to be happy forever. That shouldn't have been the goal. The no. goal was never to be popular. It's an upsetting... The goal was go back to being friends with Martha and then turn yourself into the police. Yes. And <laughs> go to prison. Yes. <laughs> Um, or maybe, I don't know, like some kind of you also kill yourself. That seems so much darker, but it I would have like, been so much darker as a dumb teenager. That seems like the only redemption move. Uh, and you're like, wow. Well. Yeah. And we'll get into the original ending of this movie. But, uh, who was your, what was your favorite outfit for Heather Duke? The green <gasps> envious of Heather's power outfits. Oh, the one where she finds her in the hallway and uh, is, with the green like taffeta uh, shoulder stuff, yeah, I think, that she has the on. shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Like I love. She, uh, I love when uh, her, she's got like her hair all blown out. Uh, when it's ironic, probably my favorite outfit is at the end when she's in the red. She looks really great in that. Yeah, because she's just wanted it for so long. But she, of all of them, uh, Veronica has the most costume changes, and my favorite has to be the one with the bowler hat and the vest, where she looks like a clown. I forgot about that outfit. <laughs> And she comes in and she's, uh, it's the scene right before someone accuses her of, of having, uh, of giving the jocks a blowjob when she didn't. Um, and so Again, another whole thing. A rather ho really horrible real world thing. Um, s s sex shaming and, and not even real sex shaming and all. Lying. Uh, yeah, lying. Uh, uh. 
but she's dressed as a clown as it's happening. Totally she becomes a he- Well, she, before she's a Heather, she's like wearing rags. She's so, yeah. Like she yeah. looks almost homeless in mm-hmm. the beginning. Like and a sweater. But, oh my gosh. And then she becomes like uh, just a blazer, <laughs> bowler hat. And she's like already quirky. She wears a monocle when she's riding the into The monocle it. died in the musical. <laughs> okay, which good. makes me so happy because the monocle is so stupid. The monocle was so stupid that it made me think it was a dream. I thought we were gaining insight to her mind because the way they're edited is she's experiencing something shitty like she's at the uh, party and she's experiencing it and it sucks and it cuts to her writing her diary about the thing that's happening to her right now that sucks and then it cuts back and so i thought oh it's just her brain but no that's she that's, just made that fashion choice she just loves having a monocle and she clearly doesn't need it it's so stupid who wears a monocle um but uh so yeah the the blue is uh is is veronica so i thought it was really interesting that the color of the poison that kills heather is blue Oh. That the drain cleaner that they kill her with is blue. Yeah. And when they're in the boiler room and JD and Veronica are finally at odds, whenever Veronica is pointing the gun at JD, JD is bathed in blue light, which I thought was uh, interesting and subtle. That is awesome. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And another thing I didn't notice is obviously JD is dressed in a lot of gray and dark and stuff because he's the bad one. He's but, moody. But in the last scene when he's wearing a trench coat, he looks terrifyingly similar to the Columbine uh yeah killers and i i my i was silly and uh, i looked it up just because i wasn't sure but obviously this movie came out before that event um which is even more terrifying because it's one of those situations of art imitating life or vice versa where oh somewhere in the world those two gentlemen who we will not remember anymore there's no point in immortalizing their names saw this movie and thought that's what they look like that's what i need to look like someone related to jd mm-hmm. which the mo- nobody should relate to jd no and yet he comes off as so sympathetic at the end. It's it's embarrassing. Like he's just doing this because he's so in love. Yeah, and, I'm like, That's and not alone. Love. He's just so lonely, and he he knows that the only place that uh, people of other social levels can really truly be happy together is in heaven. He he needs help. He, like he's an incel. He needs desperate medical attention, and maybe even like. Uh, it's ironic that his name is JD because maybe he needs maybe he needs to go to juvenile hall as a juvenile delinquent. Oh, for as sure. As a JD because he is a danger to himself and others, and his dad is enabling it. He's a violent, strange man. Yeah, and I forget if it's in the movie or just the musical. Do they have a scene in Seven Eleven? Uh, they call it something else, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing of. His only escape is 7-Eleven? Yeah, is that everywhere he's gone, no matter what, the one constant is there's always that convenience store. Yeah, and it's... In the song and the musical, I think it's based off a line in the movie called Freeze Your Brain. Okay. That's all about, he's like, I just want to go numb. Jeez. Like, I just get these brain freezes and can go numb, and like, that's what I need. And you're like... And she falls in love instead of being like, okay, dude, we need to get you some help. It's something that I hadn't considered until you mentioning that is like in a Sweeney Todd-esque way, they romanticize the antagonist of the film. Oh, yeah. But whereas Sweeney Todd goes that extra step to kill him and punish this guy, this movie, like, I guess they punish him, but in another way, he's 
just immortalized like all the other people. Exactly. He wants to go to heaven where where he'll be happy. And so, yeah, he's, if anything, rewarded. And makes, and once again, puts murder on Veronica and makes it feel like it's her fault that he's committing suicide. Yeah. And it goes, it's even one step further than that, that the original ending for this film was that Veronica does kill J.D., but makes the bomb explode anyway. Her decision to blow up the whole school, cut to black, fade in heaven at a prom where goths are dancing with jocks, uh, nerds are dancing with uh, cheerleaders, and Martha is singing up on the stage, and they're all dead in heaven. And that's a good thing. And the audiences didn't like that. They thought it was too dark. Well, it also just... Proves JD was right. It makes me think that the the writers of this movie did not care about anything at all. They just thought, what would be a cool ending? They didn't think at all about the responsibility of this movie. Yeah, the responsibility of telling high schoolers, I'm like, well, the crazy dude who brought a gun on his first day of school, he was the right... He was right. That was the right thing to do. And look how happy they are now. Like... That is as a writer, like what what do you feel like do you feel that there's a responsibility to put out there positivity or do you want to champion evil well, themes? And I think there's something different. That's a loaded in, question. Oh my god. And as a comedy writer, I really try to put positivity out there, but in this sense, I think there is this responsibility to not glorify suicide glorify suicide. And I think that it's fine that he dies at the end. I think it would even be fine if Veronica died in the end. I think there's nothing wrong in showing the realistic, dark part of stuff. But to then end on a light note that he with, killed everyone. With she death. killed everyone. Yeah. That's Just, the worst part to me. The person that we have been fighting for this whole time decides to blow up hundreds of people. Erasing and it, the arc that had been leading up to this point that she's against this yeah story-wise it's not her redemption she's building up to this redemption her fighting jd at the end is actually quite a good scene that she is like no I, I i take it all back i was wrong it's her taking her agency back she starts out as this uh like she's literally she's slovenly to everyone around her she's she's uh, uh a slave to the heathers um as soon as she meets jd she basically lets him do whatever he wants even though she is violently against it she just lets him do it even when like she shoots uh one of the jocks uh, and misses the other one she's like oh ha 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 what a big scare and he's like I'm, I, uh you stay here i'm gonna go get him and she like kind of puts it together that's still not the straw that breaks the camel's back it's some outburst that he has randomly no yeah he she just has this it's uh, it's crazy because i'm just like get your stuff together yeah so and, and if, then murders that's not something light. Like, even one murder, you're like, oh, it's a movie. Like, someone has to die in the movie. But mass children murder? And that, that it ends positively. I know we murdered hundreds of children. However, heaven's cool. Isn't there something funny about that? Yeah. No. No, 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 there isn't. There is nothing to be redeemed about, about, about blind vengeful murder like this it's all premeditated it's not like it not that not that that would be better <laughs> no and it for veronica it's more in the moment for jd it's premeditated and neither are okay no uh, just gonna state for the record i don't believe in murder <laughs> oh good you heard it here first on the gory days um so i guess something that i like to think about after movies is what happens next so i know what i would prefer to happen but what do you think happens in the movies after the credits roll and it fades to black well 
from the rest of the movie, I would have to assume they just adjust. That JD blew himself up. They sweep up his body parts or they whatever. They have a weird pep rally about it. And then <laughs> they move on with their life. And the cycle repeats itself a think, year later. Do you think more people kill themselves? Do you think I, Veronica changes everything in the school? I would guess that Veronica becomes Heather Chandler. You think she just... Okay. Well, if she's already moved on to that and that's the alternate ending that they were going with, like... I would guess the power would get to her. She's so passive. And she took this first step in agency. But she hasn't proven to us that she can do anything like that. No, the first or the second thing she does with her agency is steal the scrunchie and hang out with her old friend. It's really ambiguous because she's like, there's a new sheriff in town. I'm just going to go hang out. (laughs) And then she's just going to become the new Heather Chandler, glorify her actions, and bad stuff's going to happen again. I mean, JD, I think, was the catalyst for all the, like, violence yeah all the like that's the thing is she had all this uh bubbling around but the the actual action of her feelings comes through jd yeah so if anything else she's just gonna be a nightmare normal high schooler that's best case scenario that's best case scenario worst case scenario is she kills more people without jd and it's just like i got away with murder a few years ago maybe she goes to college and continues it yeah maybe she, she talks grows about going up. to yale yeah and you're like well, it's annoying that the uh, original writer had an idea for a sequel. It's not <gasps> happening, but in an interview, writer Daniel Waters said, I did come up with this crazy cockamamie hot Heathers 2 where Veronica becomes a page for a senator named Heather, played by Meryl Streep, he says. The ending is her assassinating the president and getting away with it, and it's a good thing. No. I don't even know what to do with that. I don't even know how, because... <laughs> Even Meryl Streep couldn't save that, and that is saying something. Mm. <laughs> I love that, too. His, his, like, oh, I wanted this movie directed, directed by uh, Stanley Kubrick. Hmm? No? All right, I'll do whatever. <laughs> and he's, like, with this one. I like that he aims high. I want to star Meryl Streep. Hmm? No? Oh, I okay. mean, same. Like... <laughs> Some people. Um, so the last thing that I picked up that I didn't notice is that there are crows in every instance of a character's death. That it's muffled, but when Heather dies, there's a crow caw outside, so it's muffled. But with Ram and Kurt, they're outside, and the crow caw is louder. Until the very end, when JD explodes, there's, like, another crow at the end. Because explosion. Yeah, because that's it. I... Couldn't find, I couldn't think of any thematic reason or anything for it. Because crows are creepy. crows are cool. I did notice there's also a crow in her bedroom on the wall, like, drawn oh. as part of her design. So I don't know, is that, like... Maybe it's just showing the darkness. Is she a crow? Because sometimes, like, like I think of, like, Ravenclaws, the blue and black mm, element. She would be a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Not just because she's in blue, <laughs> right. but... But, yeah, because she's a genius and conniving and capable of evil, but not willing to. She doesn't have much <laughs> empathy. Yeah. Oh, is that the secret? Is that, is that what it takes to be a, a Ravenclaw? Oh, no. Don't quote me on that. But Are yeah. you a Hufflepuff? I am. Oh, okay. You're, you're you representing very oh, well. Yes. Yeah. Yellow is my favorite color. Oh, fantastic. It's a good color. Uh, as long as you're not scared. I know. I'm not McNamara. Um, so that's about it as far as uh, themes. I did want to point out that Veronica is a badass, albeit a murderer. She is a badass. She starts out as a proto-Heather, but ends up as the, like allegedly benevolent sheriff in town so that's pretty good of her um she's also that big genius who could have gone from sixth grade to high school and i love her final line well it's not her final line but the one that she says when we think uh jd is dead she goes you know what i want pow cool guys like you out of my life and i love that that's so great Yes. She doesn't need anybody. Um, and the only ones, the only men that do show up in her life treat her like garbage. Yeah, they actually added a song for the West End 
musical to make her to make it a little more feminist Mm -hmm. to make it it should be yeah yeah, that they added a song called um i say no that's jd trying to convince her back and her being like no i i repent all of this i take it all back and it makes her so much more redeemable that's so important because the only moment we see of her emotionally resisting what's going on is in the car when they're at school and they're sitting in the parking lot but it moves on. Like yeah. it, it looks like it there's needs emotional the weight. weight. Yeah. Um, and the song gives the song is great. A lot of people argue that it doesn't fit the style because it was added well, after the fact. That's but. a different argument. Whether or not those sentiments need to be in the show is its own. How it was written is a shame. Yeah. It is different. But I I quite like the song. But it is very much this like powerhouse. Like when they're in the the what's the room? Yeah, where does it take place? The boiler room. Oh, oh, she says it. That's where it takes place. Mm-hmm. Wow. That okay. She's like, no, like that's this, where it you, should take place. You did all of this. You can't try to convince me. It's him being like, Veronica, I love you, and she's like, no. But that's what he, he's trying to gaslight her in the car, and yeah, yeah it sounds like that's what it's she's serving the to. same purpose as yeah. that scene, and it's so powerful. I'm like, yes, this is what the musical was missing. Um, it's so important because there are those moments where it feels like he's trying to date rape her, where he's pushing her back on the couch and she's like, she's saying no and trying to get away and he's just holding her back. Though in the musical, she kind of rapes him. Oh, really? That's Um, awful. But it's funny. Sure. Oh, but there's a song called Dead Girl Walking, which is actually one of my audition songs, which is, um, which I have, when I have to sing, when someone forces me. But it's I won't force her, you thank you. It's her being so, like, angry because she just got out of the party where everyone bullied her. Oh, God. The, the Remington party? Mm-hmm. Ugh, that scene is so gross. Which, it's a very fun song. The, the music is fun, but she gets out and she gets so drunk at this party and she just goes to JD and she's, she's like, I'm a dead girl walking. Like, Heather's going to ruin me at school tomorrow. So I'm just going to, like, take my shot and have sex with JD. I'm going to climb through your window. You don't get a say. Like, Are those really the lyrics? Wow. Basically. It's okay. paraphrased. But it's like... Wow, wow. Yeah. And he's like... Like, literally his only line in the whole song is, Okay. <laughs> well, I guess that's consent. It's consent. <laughs> but it is so... Like, she literally is like... Jumps his I'm, bones. Yeah. I'm coming through your window. Like... Yeah. And then they're together. Okay. And you're like, not the okay. best circumstances. I guess it sure. fits the 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 black comedy of the play. Yeah, and it's a very funny song. And then she does take this moment. She's like, and I'm doing this because you're amazing. Like you're cool. And you're like, okay. And then they get back. Okay, great. And it's like, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's that's great. I love to hear the differences between the musical and the play because oh, yeah. the musical had the virtue of time and maybe the opportunity to adjust some things. Oh, they definitely... Like... And the same people were involved. The people oh. that made the movie did help make the musical. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that explains why uh, it was unfortunately very similar. Yes. <laughs> um, that song that they play in the movie, it's called Teenage Suicide, parentheses, Don't Do It by Big Fun. It's horrible. It's called Big Fun. The, the called, band is called Big that's Fun. That's the name of this. That's the name of a song in the musical. Oh, really? Big Fun. Yeah. Oh, it's a party context? song. Oh, okay. That's fun. Yeah, because that's Big Fun. Yeah. Because we see in the in the movie, there people have T-shirts all the time. Though the first time we see it is Martha's wearing it, and I thought it was just like, why is she wearing a shirt that says Big Fun? Does she have another shirt that like here comes trouble? <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> 
like this self-deprecating woman. Um, but uh, no, it's the name of the band that sings the song Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It, in response to the, the suicides that are going on at the school. Don't do it. We hear a couple of lines from it, but uh, it's it's just really funny to me that the song is called Teenage Suicide, and the like afterthought parentheses part is don't do it. Oh, by the way, <laughs> it's the only part of the movie that's like, hey guys, suicide, not good. Um, and in fact, I was surprised to hear that it's a spoof of the real Queen song, uh, Don't Try Suicide, which I've never heard. Have you heard I that? I haven't either. But I... again, I do support the message. Yeah. And I also support Queen. <laughs> Coined the term, what's your damage? Uh, but there are some moments in this movie that the dialogue is like, it's part of the black comedy, I assume, and part of the campiness where it's so blunt. And it's like the themes that I'm watching this and I'm go, I'm sitting there and I'm like, ah, I'm an educated moviegoer. I can understand what's being displayed here, but I know what's being discussed. And yes. uh, then the movie will just say it instead. Oh, oh yeah, it's so blunt. <laughs> like when Veronica's looking at the reflection of herself in the knife held by JD in her dream, uh, as she's looking at it, she says, tomorrow someone else is just going to move into her Heather's place. That person could be me. <laughs> It's like, oh, and it while is. looking into the knife, like it could be me who's dying. The person, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then another one where she's writing into her uh, diary, she says, are we going to prom or to hell? <laughs> like, Jesus, womp, beat you over the head. In case you were wondering. Yeah. Bam. Oh, that's what he says. He says, seven schools in seven states, and the only thing different is my locker combination. So deep. Oh, my God, you're so moody. Sound like awesome emo lyrics. <laughs> oh, my God. I never went through an emo phase. No but... Lincoln Park or the used in your days no, <laughs> no 30 I, seconds to mars jared no, leto i know i was listening to musical theater but the whole like those can get pretty dark and dramatic oh, and can they <laughs> oh yeah and lay Miz and all kinds oh, of stuff my God, yeah um yeah uh those are the only moments that i wrote with the uh blunt dialogue but there are those uh moments that just make you go huh like the way that jd and his dad talk to each other they like say something for the other person and then respond as the other person and it's so weird like, they have the weirdest stilted relationship, and his dad looks like John Kerry, and it's so funny. It's like they're like, he needs a dad, I guess? And then the way he explains his mom, when I thought they killed the mom. I thought when they first set it up, is like, oh, the dad and son killed the mom together and are living off of the riches. That would have been a better like story. It would have made more sense character-wise, but no, instead she committed suicide while looking at him. So that's and blew a, herself up. And blew right? herself up. Walked into a demolition site that her dad was set to, that her husband was set to blow which up. Which then set the scene for JD at the end. But. Of him blowing himself up. Yeah, which I guess is, I didn't even think about that until that just now. That Yeah, that is some kind of circular structure in some terrible Parent screenwriting problems, way. Mommy problems. Um, I keep, <laughs> I sit behind, I sit in front of this aquarium here. And every time I turn to look at my uh, <laughs> notes, I bump it with my elbow. I feel bad. One of these engines go, Psh! <laughs> All the water going to come down. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so there's one moment uh, that I, I don't know if there's, like, I don't want to hammer it, but um, Heather Heather Duke, I think, um, or no, I think maybe Heather Nakamura is date raped, and you see it in the film, basically. Oh, yeah. And it's a moment where I, I was yelling at the screen. I was like, she's she's back there she needs help no one helps her um after jd i'm sorry after veronica and heather go cow tipping with the 
jocks, Ram and Kurt. Ram is completely drunk and is trying to get to, to Veronica, but he's too drunk. And in the background, as JD and Veronica are just like laughing it up and talking about, hey, let's go get slushies, Heather is being assaulted, like violently. And the actors are real. It, it, it scared me. I remember like seeing it and going like, so they're going to get on the motorcycle and like drive over and like kick them off or something. It cuts. It cuts away. And it's like, that's just a background thing. And it made me really uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's McNamara. And she... Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she, um, I think. Yeah, and she's just so, like, this innocent, like, baby of a person that her whole arc is that she needs people to protect her. And it makes me not like Veronica as much. Like, if Veronica oh, had helped hate, her, mm-hmm. you'd be like, okay. It made me lose every, like, like identify, like, oh, she's our main character when she didn't help her. Yeah. And it would have taken 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, there's that. And there's also Heather uh, Chandler losing all of her power at the Remington party. Uh, yeah. That also just, like, it's the one moment of humanization we get for Heather. And it just, just it breaks my heart. It oh really, my truly does. Because she is, like... That's why we don't She's kill the popular child. girl, is that they are 16, 17, 18, and they are going through identity crises. And it's disgusting that the high, that the college people take advantage of those kids like that. Yeah. That they know they're high schoolers. They even revel in it. They say, I love not having to ask a girl, what's your major? It makes me sick. It really it's, did. It's gross. And, it, and I, they don't get murdered. I know. They should have been murdered. They really should have. <laughs> Heather's too. <laughs> the college guys. Find the Remington guys and slice their throat. This should just be a slasher movie. It could, like, it feels like it was kind of headed that way. Yeah. And then, like, if they just killed like five more people, that yeah, would have been fine. There's only uh, one, two. There's only four deaths in the movie. It yeah, seems like there's so many more because they don't address them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels like a very bloody movie. Um, but yeah, uh, that's a scene that even uh, Winona Ryder said in an interview. Uh, I, I didn't write down the quote that. Um, yeah, that's a scene that haunts her. And when, like, you watch the movie and, and now in the political climate, like, frankly, then it should have. But we had movies like, you know, Revenge of the Nerds that literally glorified rape as a joke. Um, we just didn't know. Uh, and yeah. when you watch it now, it it literally paints the rest of the movie. And it's fascinating in that way. Because it's such a small thing. Yeah, that there are some movies that can treat something like that, like like Revenge of the Nerds. The, the scene that I've heard that is most famous that I know of is the one where they trick a girl into thinking yeah. she's having sex with her own boyfriend by wearing a Darth Vader helmet. That's rape. That is rape. She did not consent. And that's a joke. Uh, and, and yeah, that's the one that I hear echoed the most as like, some of these movies do not hold up anymore. Some of our heroes from these movies are not heroes. Yeah. Especially since it, it angers me that a guy wrote this because that too. it's a, mu- it's a, not, it's a movie. Did the musical, was that written by a man too? Um, I Adapted? think all of the songs and everything were men, mm-hmm. which is, and I know the West End was directed by a man too, that it's such a female story. Mm-hmm. And the men in it are so... Well, JD's the main one, and he's despicable. And then you've got Kurt and Ram, and not really anybody and barely else. Barely people, yeah. Um, and the women... They're, they're complicated women characters. Like, they'd be fun characters to play. That's what I like about them. They're not the typical... Uh, I, well, this isn't a horror, but, like, they're not your everyday, like, horror girls who are really more like the jocks. The jocks in this movie are more like the dumb bimbos who get yeah, slaughtered. which and, is great. Yeah, it's great. Because um, there's that subversion that you're right. Yeah. The females in this movie, while they are virtually the antagonists, are really de- uh, deep and complicated, complex, three-dimensional the characters. are more interesting than Veronica. I'll they say are. it and I'll say it again. I want uh, Heather Chandler, it sucks that she dies as early as she does. Because she's such a cool character. Because, yeah, when, like, that... 
it's it, it is the moment at the college that makes me go i want to know more about her like she actually it looks like she comes from money her bedroom is gorgeous mm-hmm. um that kitchen is beautiful yeah <laughs> it's got the little island in there like can we move in now uh orange juice and milk is that gross they're yep. both edible. Have you tried it? Oh, I uh, know. I feel she's I've like, what's the puke that. factor on this? I feel like not much. Not They're like both food. food. It's not, you know, bleach. I know. Like there's a middle ground <laughs> between the two. <laughs> like, oh, maybe some orange juice. And I've heard eye drops can make a person throw up. It's like oh, if you yeah. want to prank someone is like, uh, yeah. But I still wouldn't want to do that. I would, like, they're like, oh, we're going to prank her by sneaking she's, into she's her a room. She's a drunk girl yeah. who needs to go to bed. Who needs who needs a hangover care, yeah. Yes. Um, so that's about everything on my list. Really quick, I wanted to slip into my first ever segment on the Gory Days. Is that a song? Ba-ba, ba-ba, Welcome to Is That a Song? On this episode of Is That a Song, I am going to guess at some of the song title names based on some movie lines in the movie Heathers, and our resident expert, Sierra, is going to tell me whether or not that's a song in the movie. Number one, Is This a Song? Lick it up, baby. Lick it up. It is not. Ah, darn. Is it a lyric? I've, I haven't heard that in the song. Oh, no. really? It's in the movie. It's when oh, my she, God. I forgot about that it's line. It's when she pukes on the floor, and she's <gasps> like, I brought you to this college party, and all I get is a thanks is puke. And that's, Veronica, in the, that's in there. Oh, okay. But... <laughs> <laughs> we'll count that as half a point. Number two, <laughs> Mega Bitch, Because I Can Be. Is that a song? There's a song of them being mega bitches ah, called Candy Store. Oh, Candy Store. When uh, do they go to a candy store? Or is it a metaphor? Don't. It's a metaphor. Okay. That they're like, you want to be a Heather. Okay, you have to be mean to Martha, but step into our candy store and you get all these perks. Ugh. It's a badass song. Oh, okay. But it's... Ugh. I don't know. It's just like as high schoolers, candy shop that brings... Seems yeah. icky. <laughs> Number three, is that a song? Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It by Big Fun. It is not, though Big Fun. That seems like a such song. a missed opportunity. Yes, it it definitely is. To have That should have been a song. It should have been. Like oh I because the whole thing is like the the petition is a fake petition to have Big Fun play at the prom. I thought like, oh, what a great opportunity for the musical. Maybe that actually happens. Big Fun oh. comes to the prom. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish. I should adapt this. Except yeah, no, let's do no, it again. No, no, but I need to get <laughs> need to get a woman to do this. I'm not gonna make that same mistake again. <laughs> And that's that for Is That a Song? <laughs> I want to thank my guest, Sierra Ducharme, for coming. Uh, Ducharme Hansen. Oh, thank you. Uh, and that's, that's, that's the segment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no sequel. That alternate ending is weird. There was one more alternate ending that uh, struck me as bizarre. Uh, it ended with Martha stabbing Veronica. So if Veronica watches JD blow up, <laughs> comes back inside with a new outlook on life. Martha comes up and stabs her. I want that. Yes, I approve. Screams, fuck you, Heather. And as Veronica bleeds to death, the camera would pan out as she, like, death rattles, I'm not Heather. My name's not Heather. I want it. That was better. I think that's better. That's such a better ending. I would be like, oh no, she learned her lesson and then she died. She didn't get to do anything. And I'd be like, good job, Martha. Too late. Martha's the real hero. And I'm like, you are allowed one murder. And then it would be pretty cool. It would be like, oh, so like if you think of this movie in another sense, Martha is the real hero and you get these like heroes. And then you set the scrunchie on fire. And Yeah, yeah. Or she eats it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
Um, so that's the movie Heathers. Um, the last segment that we leave to do on this show is we'll rate our movie on a scale of one to five thumbs, one being the worst and five being the best. Sierra, what do you think of Heathers? I think it is a solid, for enjoyment, I'd say four. For quality, I'd give it a two. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, that's a wide range there. <laughs> let's get, let's say three for a happy medium. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's based on any criteria you want. It could be on yeah. the music, it could be on the actors, it could be on the direction, it could be on the balls to the wall <laughs> plot. Uh, but three thumbs. And then traditionally we will award those thumbs to characters in the movie. So you can give all three to one or you can split them up. Who are you awarding your three thumbs? All three go to Martha. Oh, fantastic. She <laughs> needs them. She's yeah, the, she yeah, does. To operate that rascal. So yeah. that well, no, thumb. two to Martha, one to McNamara. She mm, deserves something mm-hmm. too. She does, yeah. Where did she get all those sleeping pills? A whole bottle of like over-the-counter giant sleeping pills. She really, really does. Poor thing. Um, yeah, shout out to the actor that played uh, Heather McNamara, Lizanne Falk. She did a great job. Really All the did. Heathers did a great job. Oh, they're great. Shannon Doherty as Heather Heather Duke. Did Kills you it. did you read about the the controversy that happened with that? There's a controversy. Shannon, well, she always has one, right? Apparently, Shannon Doherty thought this was a drama. So every time they gave her like comedic lines, she wouldn't deliver them right. And the director and writer were like, "Oh no, that's okay. It kind of helps her character." So when she finally saw the film, she ran out of the premiere crying because she thought this was going to be a drama and it was a comedy, and she was just distraught and i thought why would she then come back to start <laughs> she she's in the the tv show remake well the, of course she is the paramount thing that came back in 2015 oh my god <laughs> or in 2018 Insane. even though even though she apparently hated this experience oh my god how, how do you not figure out what movie you're doing and also heather duke i would venture to say has most of the punchlines yeah but like i'm trying to think like how she delivered them like she just didn't i mean i guess i thought it was an acting choice comedically it to is deliver dark. them dry. Yeah, yeah, because everything is dry the way yeah, it's delivered in this. Well, except for the lines that the uh, uh, pastor gives, the, the, the guy from Beetlejuice. Another actor I recognize from Beetlejuice is the pastor gets oh some gosh. really funny lines. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my gosh. What do you rate it? Oh, me? Oh, uh, let's see. Heather's two, 1988. Uh, I'd never seen it before, so I'm really glad you brought it to me so I could finally watch it. I did not... I was expecting a very different movie, <laughs> a very grounded, like almost dramatic, like I I expected a, a what, do, what do you call it? Not a drum-com, but like a, like a horror comedy is what mm-hmm. I was expecting. Kind of like Happy Death Day, maybe, yeah. um, but maybe a little less spunky um, or plucky. That's the same thing, right? <laughs> Plucky's a more better yeah, one. Yeah, Plucky, because that one's weird <laughs> in its own way. <laughs> um, but no, instead it's a uh, just, just black comedy and it's really funny. As long as you can keep a mountain of salt on top of your head, because underneath all of it, this this is a a dark comedy that plays fast and loose with real, real subject matter that happens right now and is happening. And so I'm also going to give it a three. I'm going to give it three thumbs. It's a great movie. I wish I could say the music was fun, but I don't remember a single note uh, from this movie. Um it's fun. I'm going to give my thumb. I'm going to give one to uh, Veronica. She's fantastic. Uh, Winona Ryder does a great job and honestly made me want to go back and watch Stranger Things. I haven't mm. seen it. I've I haven't gr- either. I've heard great things and I do this podcast where everyone's like, oh my gosh, you should love it. Shouldn't you love it? It's everything you love. 
that's why I'm not gonna watch it. It's just too so, much pressure. It's so, but just like the style of it is just like you love '80s movies, don't you? Oh, oh here, here, don't you, you love it? it? Eat up, eat up. You must love this. And I'm just, just resisting. Don't to force it, it on me. <laughs> yeah, I'll get it when I get to it. Just like this movie. Eventually, I'll saw it. Yeah. I'm going to give another one to JD because he gets his shot off. So I'm gonna have to put that yeah. thumb somewhere else on there. And uh, I wish there was a dog in this movie. I have an oh, affinity. Of they would have killed it, though. I know. They definitely would have of giving uh, thumbs to animals. So instead, I'll uh, throw one over to Betty Finn. Renee Estevez as Betty Finn. Yeah, She's so great. And she gets more lines than Martha, but she matters way less. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and I would have loved to have seen more of her. I would have loved to have seen a, ta- a point where she takes off her glasses and undoes her hair and becomes the next... Or just an next... end to her plot line. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> some catharsis for her and that's everything for heathers here on the gory days so sierra before we say goodbye is there anywhere that people can find you online or keep up with you yes everywhere on instagram twitter and such i am sierra underscore dh because my full name is too long okay we'll put that in the episode description yeah that's all all i got fantastic well thank you so much for coming everyone Mm -hmm. out there this has been the gory days another episode is coming out uh not next week but the week after and if i'm keeping with my schedule we are going to be covering i can't remember tune in next time no spoiler (laughs) alerts stay scary out there the gory days